How's it going, guys? Welcome back to the Dad Tired Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Lopes. Join me every Monday as we dive into what it looks like to be men who fall in love with Jesus and help our families do the same. You can learn more about our books, resources, conferences, and even online community by going to dadtired.com. Let's dive into today's episode. All right, guys. Well, welcome back to the Dad Tired Show. Glad to have you here. Uh, I know it's been a crazy last couple of weeks. I appreciate you guys still taking the time to listen. Many of you listen to this podcast while you're at work or on a, your commute on your way to and from work. And obviously, all of our schedules have been changing as a result of uh, all the corona craziness. And so if you're still making the time and effort to listen to this podcast, it really does mean the world to me. Thank you for doing that. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. I'll probably post out some bonus episodes over the next couple of weeks as I just have more time sitting at home (laughs) than I normally would. And so I want to keep you guys updated on all kinds of stuff that we have going. Uh, One of those things being that we've got two new things happening over the next week. So the first one is if you missed the last bonus episode that I did this week, we are going to start doing a dad tired tired kids, um, I don't know, contest isn't the right word, but uh, we're going to engage the kids of Dad Tired. The way that we're doing that is by inviting your kids to memorize a verse each week. And you can do this together as a family. It's a really cool way for you to engage uh, in scripture together as a family as you're all home together. And so the first verse that we're going through is Joshua 1.9. If you memorize that by this coming Tuesday, um, then we, you can go to the Dad Tired Kids Facebook page, and then, I'm sorry, not Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday, March 25th. If you go to the Dad Tired Kids Facebook page and upload a video of your child or children saying this verse by memory, they'll be entered into a drawing where we will give away a really cool prize to one of the kids that memorizes Joshua 1.9. And then we'll also give you a new verse that you can start over that next week, and then on April 1st, we'll pick another prize. And we'll just keep doing this as long as we're all stuck in houses. We'll just keep finding ways to engage each other um, with the scriptures and stay uh, just moving towards Jesus. So that being said, we also have another thing that we're doing where we are inviting guys, the Dad Tired Dads, to go through the Dad Tired book together, and we're going to do virtual meetings via Zoom. And so if you want to be part of that, as it currently stands, we have 100 spots open for that, um, or I guess that's as, as many as Zoom will let me, <laughs> how many guys they'll let me invite on this meeting with my current account. Uh, so we're going to see how many guys show up. If we have several more than 100 trying to get in, then I'll have to figure something else out on my end. But for right now, we're going to do a Zoom meeting, and we'll go through a chapter a week through the Dad's Hired book, and you'll actually be face-to-face with me. So we'll, we'll do live video question and answer. I'll ask some questions and just see how you're processing the information in the book. So if you want to be part of that, make sure that you read chapter one by March 24th, and, uh, and then come meet us over on that Zoom meeting, and we'll go through like a Dad Tired book slash Bible study together. Um, you can get all the information on that by going to dadtired.com forward slash study. Again, dadtired.com forward slash study, and that will get you all the information you need there. Um, and then finally, before we dive into today's amazing interview with Matthew West, 
Uh, if you don't know who Matthew West is, you do know who he is. If you've ever listened to Christian music, you've been singing his songs for probably years. He's an incredible artist, and it's a great interview. You're going to love it. But before we get into that, I also want to uh, just say thank you to my friends over at Yippee for sponsoring today's episode. Don't fast forward this, uh, because Yippee is going to be very, very helpful for you over the next several weeks. If your kids like to watch YouTube, or they watch uh, shows on Netflix, or Amazon Prime, or whatever, and you're just looking for like... Uh, all right, I don't want to look over their shoulder the whole time and figure out what they should be watching and not watching. We have a subscription with the service Yippee. Many of the shows on Yippee uh, are Christian-based, not all of them, but the ones that even aren't are just good value-based content for kids. There's no ads. There are no commercials. You don't have to worry about things popping up that they shouldn't be watching. You can let your kids have some screen time while they're at home away from school during this time, and you can just know that like the stuff that they're watching is good value-based content. Um, so we have a deal for you. Uh, me and the Yippie team have worked out where you can sign up for a three-month subscription and get 25% off that three-month subscription by going to da- uh, I'm sorry, going to yippie.tv and then using the promo code DADTIRED. So again, you can sign up for a subscription month to month, but you'll get 25% off your first three months when you go to yippie.tv and then enter the promo code DADTIRED. Uh, and that's Y-I-P-P-E-E dot TV. Again, this is super helpful for you guys uh, as we're all home and we're probably looking at screens more than we normally would. And you just want to think, all right, are, are my kids watching stuff that I don't have to worry about? Definitely going to want to check out Yippee for that. And that has, they have apps on all the streaming channels. So like any, whatever, if you have a Roku or Amazon TV or Apple TV, whatever it is, like you can get their app and have your kids watch this. And it's really, really good content. So again, yippee.tv use the promo code dad tired and get 25% off um, that being said let's dive into today's interview with my new friend Matthew West you're the God who stays you're the God who stays you're the one who runs in my direction Matthew, so grateful, man, that you took the time to hang out with us today. Uh, for the listeners who may not be familiar with you and what you're doing, maybe just tell us what you're up to these days, man. Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me. It's good to talk to you and all the dads out there who are listening. Um, I'm a dad, too. Maybe that's a good place to start. Um, my wife and I have been married for 16 years, and we have two two daughters. So I'm living in a house full of women. And, uh, so I guess that's my first prayer request to the podcast, but no, um, but, uh, I'm a, you know, I'm a singer and songwriter and I've put out several records over the years. And most of my music is, uh, in contemporary Christian music. And, um, I started my career writing songs like behind the scenes for, for other recording artists, just as a full-time songwriter, mostly because, all the record labels said no to me for about three years. And, hmm. uh, these days, these days I find myself, um, uh, where no two days are, are the same really. Um, I'm uh, on tour right now, casting crowns and myself are on a tour together and I play about a hundred shows a year. Um, I've had the opportunity to continue writing songs as well behind the scenes for other projects. And, and then, um, I've, I've enjoyed really beginning to uh, write books and devotionals. And my dad and I have a nonprofit ministry that that sends out uh, weekly devotionals to 
a subscriber list every, you know, uh, throughout the year and just a lot of neat things that I get to do in ministry that, that get me excited to wake up every day. Yeah, dude, that's amazing. Uh, I want to dive into a lot of what you just said and kind of get into some, you know, more serious things. But before we do, uh, I have to ask, are you, you're not a Chiefs fan, are you? <laughs> um, you know, I'm a, if I say that people say I'm a bandwagon Chiefs fan, but you know, I, um, I'm actually from Chicago, but I have this like strange connection with the city of Kansas city, um, just by way of some friendships that have developed over the years. And I was uh, long story short, I was on a tour bus in Kansas city doing a concert and somebody knocked on the door of our bus and I opened the door and it was the general manager of the Kansas city Royals. And okay. I thought to myself, what is my life? And uh, <laughs> he said, Hey, you know, my daughter plays y- your music in her piano recitals. I heard you're a baseball fan, which I am. I'm a huge baseball fan. I'm a huge sports fan. And okay. uh, he goes, I thought you might like some Royals gear. And so that struck up a friendship and I wore all these Royals shirts when I worked out and stuff, you know, made me feel like I was a professional baseball player. <laughs> and, uh, he brought me in and I sang at some of the Royals games and had a blast doing that. And so I just became a Royals fan. And then um, it, just on a totally different occurrence, I wound up meeting um, Clark and Tavia Hunt, who were the owners of the Kansas City Chiefs. And it was so bizarre. Like our family was on vacation and my daughter w- took a horseback riding class and she came out of the class and she's like, I made a new friend. And one of the other little girls in the class, they became buddies. And so the parents do what they do. You know, you meet the parents as your friend, as your daughters make friends. And turns out it was the owner of the Kansas City Chiefs. And they listened to my music and they said, we, we'd love to have you come and sing at a Chiefs game. And so next thing I know, I'm standing there with the Chiefs jersey on at the 50 yard line, <laughs> singing the national anthem in front of 80,000 diehard fans and you know you have an experience like that and and even though you have your roots in uh cheering for your childhood teams you kind of adopt these other teams along the way by by way of experience and connection so that's my long way of saying uh that's how i feel i qualify as a kansas city chiefs fan Hmm. well matt it was so nice having you today man uh, i'm grateful that you <laughs> decided to come unfortunately gonna need to cut this short but we'll be praying for wisdom that God will protect you from the schemes of the evil one, which obviously has oh, got a grip man. on you. <laughs> no, That's what you, I normally say to Patriots fans. Yeah, well, we all say that to Patriots fans, bro. Like, yeah, yeah, everyone can root against Patriots for sure. Uh, dude, that's fun. No, I think I, I think that story definitely qualifies you. Uh, the the shared experience okay. builds intimacy there. You know, you get that pass. I think you you earned it. Uh, that's cool, but dude, yeah, I would love to hear more about. The, yeah, go ahead. That's been one of the fun parts of just, uh, you know, I think a lot of musicians wish they were athletes and vice versa, and so you know, I get to do a lot of neat things, but when I get to step on a football field or a, a baseball field, you know, it's it's not quite as I envisioned it as a kid because I thought I'd have a baseball bat in my hand, yeah. or, or shoulder pads on, but instead I've got a microphone, and it's just those moments where I sort of smile and go, "Okay, Lord." Uh, you're the one who plants the dreams in our hearts and we only understand a glimpse at a time. And so, right. uh, but it is kind of, those, those are some neat moments in my career that I've been able to enjoy and really soak up. That's amazing. dude. I, I actually talked to Lecrae last week and Lecrae was saying that he's undrafted for every 
professional sports team out, <laughs> out there. Like he just he's ready to play on all. I, oh, dude, same. I bet. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's built, man. He's built for it. Like I think he could probably still yeah. make the switch. <laughs> he looks. Yeah, he definitely looks like he could. I'm. I'm. I'm definitely past my prime. Although I always <laughs> tell the. The GM of the Royals, man, I'll text him and be like, uh, "Hey, man, I noticed you're you're short on left-handed pitching." And <laughs> he's never taken me up on my offer, but you know, last year they lost like a hundred games, and I was like, "Even now, you don't want me?" <laughs> <laughs> exactly, bro. Give me on the bench, even if I'm deep. Like, come get on, me on, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious, dude. Uh, tell me about the devotional thing that you have going on with your dad. You obviously have a close relationship with your dad. That's kind of something I wanted to talk to you about today. But uh, I'd love to hear more about the devotional thing that you guys have going but also just like uh you know your relationship with your dad growing up yeah well um the ministry that we started is um really just designed to be an extension of you know my ministry from the stage as an artist a lot of times even christian music can stop short at entertainment in some ways you know it's mm. like you play your last song thank you good night you know and one of the things that's been important in you know, in my career and in my platform that I feel like the Lord's really shown me is just whenever I get a chance to be on stage, whenever possible, to make sure that I don't leave any unfinished business on the table. And what mm. I mean by that is basically doing for others what Billy Graham did for me when I was a 13-year-old kid. Um, I prayed and asked Jesus into my heart watching a Billy Graham crusade. And wow. Several years later, I got to meet Billy Graham. I sat at his kitchen table and we drank root wow. beer together. And I got to tell him, how his ministry impacted me. And, and he encouraged me to make sure that, you know, to use my platform of music for something other than just entertaining. And that's why if anybody ever comes to see me do a concert um, more times than not, there's going to be a prayer at the end of that night. And I'm going to give people an opportunity for anybody who's, who's never said yes to Jesus before, or maybe it's been a minute since they've talked to Jesus to give them a chance to do so. And then we want to create the materials and opportunities for those who would seek it out to go deeper in their faith. And mm. so that's where my dad comes in. My dad's been a, a pastor for 40 years. He pastored at the same church in the Chicago suburbs for 38 years. Wow. It's all I knew. That's where I grew up. Um, our church was right. Our, our house was right behind uh, the church. There was a big field that connected the church and our house. And I would run through that field uh, daily, you know, coming home from school to go see mom and dad because they were working at the church. And it's just a small community church in the suburbs of Chicago, kind of in the shadows of big churches like Willow Creek. And, yeah. and so that was my upbringing. And my dad, you know, my dad and I really do, like you said, we have a great relationship and he travels with me full time now. So wow. um, I called him up one day and I just said, dad, you know, I feel like something's going on in my music career. I started um, collecting people's stories from the road and there were just a lot of people hurting and they were hurting on a level where I felt ill-equipped to be able to adequately respond to that person who's contemplating suicide, that mm. person who's sharing about childhood abuse that they don't know how to handle, things that were, they, I just, you know, I daily feel like I'm out of my depth and uh, want to surround myself with with people who can uh, not only help me, but help me in helping others and one of the first calls I made several years ago was my father. And I said, hey, would you ever consider a, a second act in your ministry? You know, uh, you've been at that church for 38 years. What would it look for, like for us to be in ministry together? He prayed about it. And after about a year, my, he and my mom moved to Nashville, where they live with us now. And my dad travels on the road with us. 
part of our ministry's function is that he coordinates prayer volunteers in every city. And uh, and then after the concert, like last night, we were in Albany, New York, and my dad and prayer volunteers, long after I'm done singing, they're out in the lobby just praying with people and taking wow. down prayer requests and letting people share what the Lord's doing in their life at that concert. And uh, it's just a really special thing. And then part of the extension of that ministry is that we we send out something we call day one devos to right now we have a subscriber list of about 60,000 uh, people who are just receiving a it's it's no cost. It's just something that I want to give to people a, a weekly devotion where they can just get a little quick hit in their email as a reminder of the importance of spending some time with Jesus. So uh, so that's just a little bit of what our ministry is doing. And it is a thrill to be able to work together with my dad and also to see my dad have that second act. I think he had done he had been at that church for so long. That, you know, sometimes you can be at one job for a long time, even if it's in ministry and you kind of go, well, am I good for anything else? Is there anything, Mm. does God still have a plan for me? So it's been Mm. really thrilling to see, you know, my dad step into his second act and for it to be something where we can partner together. That's amazing, dude. And, and the way that you just talked about your dad and thinking through, like, I want to surround myself with people who are going to just help me and also help me help other people. And the fact that your dad was the, one of the first people that came to mind and now you guys are doing ministry together, bro, that, like that's yeah. for most of us young dads, that's what we want one day. Like that's the goal, like to be able to, yeah. for our kids to one day say like, dad, I respect you so much. I want to, like, I want to include you in my life. I want to include you in my spiritual journey. What, what do you think your dad right. did? Like, do you have some specific things that you feel like your dad did with you when you were a kid that's like just got you help get you to the place where you are now where like you look back and you still respect your dad obviously the road goes one of two ways either kids bail because they're like dude i was grown up in this it was pushed on me i i you know i'm leaving this whole thing which we see the statistics kind of prove that out or they take the route that you're on which is like no dude this is my dad has shaped who i am and as a result i love jesus more um like what give us some insight for us that didn't have dads um into that well, the first thing I would have to say is I think growing up, I didn't realize just how in the minority I was um, yeah. that I had a mom and a dad that that stayed together by no means a perfect uh, family. There's no such thing, but but they stuck it out. And a dad who was constantly in the mix with his kids and faithful to his wife, you know, growing up, you don't you don't necessarily you're not faced with the reality that that's not always the norm you know and i look back now and i'm like man well no wonder so many of my buddies were gravitated to my dad like crazy Mm. like i mean it there was there was a connection that my friends had with my dad that like was was special you know and it was because of what they weren't getting at home and so my dad was not only a dad to me and my brothers but Man, he was a real father figure to a lot of my buddies, you know. Um, I, I would say some of the things that I look back on in my dad's upbringing, the way he raised me, um, that helped me not one to not turn my back on the church or my faith. You know, I would see when when you're a preacher's kid, you you see the inner workings, like you know, you see uh, this is not my favorite. Uh, 
uh, analogy, but you see how the sausage is made like this, yeah. the one that comes to mind, you know, like, yeah. and, and I'm not saying it's all ugly and bad, but like, sometimes you see how mean people in church can be. And, you know, and, and as a teenager, um, in different seasons of my life, I would get in particular, just get really like upset about the way people were treating my parents or my family, mm-hmm. or maybe just, it just felt like there some people just had an agenda against our family. And instead of lifting up and honoring this family and my mom and dad for all the work they're doing, it just felt like they were being stepped on. And, and I would, I had a lot of anger, you know, as a teenager and and that would rise up in me. And my dad was one of the things my dad said to me that really has always stayed with me. He's like, look, son, if you look and try to find God, if your view of God comes only from his people you're going to be let down. Like if you look mm. at the people around you, even in the church, you're going to be disappointed. I'm even going to disappoint you because I, that, that all what we all have in common is that we're all human and we're all going to fail. And that's why your faith in God needs to be a personal relationship. When you look to him, he's the only one who will not let you down. And so you can't look to other people and not expect to be let down at some point. Mm. And while there while there was kind of a heavy dose of reality in that, like, yeah, he's saying people are going to let you down. I just I took from that so much truth of just like, wait a minute, my relationship with the Lord needs to be so tight that nothing can get in between it. Not even my view of other people who call themselves Christians, but maybe don't treat my family that way. Right. And that was something that helped. I really look back and go, OK, that helped my heart from becoming hardened you know even though there were times where it's like man this is what christians are i don't want anything to do with it but i think ultimately the way that my dad helped navigate those roads kept me from going down that road the other thing i would just say is like my parents always taught me about the importance of a personal relationship with christ and not just a family relationship and here we are in ministry and it was like that was our family job but Mm -hmm the fact that that God desired something more than that in me um, was was something that always stuck with me. And and really the last, even though there's a longer list than this, I would just say my dad's availability to me and my brothers, like I never wondered if I was a priority to him and mm. that he would he would he would work his schedule to make sure that he didn't miss a single game. Um, that he, he was, I mean, he was just there. He was always there. He was always, and still is my biggest supporter, my biggest fan, uh, you know, even to, to, to a point where, you know, I mean, I, he had me believing I could, I could make it to the major leagues as a baseball yeah. player. And he still tells yeah. people, Oh, Matthew was the greatest baseball player ever. <laughs> and I'm like, dad, you know, that wasn't true or else I'd be playing right now. <laughs> right. But, right. but, you know, I just think when, you know, like when someone's your biggest fan, it's like, gosh, you know, you'll take that for granted in younger years. But these days I look back and I go, okay. And here, and the biggest thing is, it's just like, I'm thankful to say that there is more about the way my dad raised me that I hope to replicate than there is that I would hope to do away with. You know, um, there's there's more history that I do hope repeats itself. And I realize that, again, I'm in the minority. My wife would say the exact opposite about her Mm. childhood. And uh, and and so we we bring those different perspectives into our own family. I'm, I'm, it makes me, even when I talk about it in interviews like this, it, it makes me remember to be thankful for yep. the dad that I've had and that the dad that I do have. 
Yep. Whenever I teach at conferences and I, we have a section where we talk about how we're just trying to be the kinds of dads that most of us didn't have. And I always say like, if you, if that's not you, like if you can't relate to that and you're like, I want to be like my dad, um, do, like you need to like text your dad or call him right now or give him a hug if he's still around and just be like, dude, yeah. thank you so much. Um, and, and what a gift, man, what a gift that you don't know that other side of things like that. There's nothing to be ashamed of or sorry about that. That like, that's the, right. that's God's grace all over you, man. And that, that's such a gift, bro. That's a, I, I love hearing that. I was taking notes as you were sharing, like, all right, uh, just what stuck out to me too was the availability piece of that. Like just you saying that you you never question where your dad's priority was. I think that's going to stick out to a lot of people who are listening. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the interview so far. I want to take a minute and thank our friends over at Abide for sponsoring this episode. If you're not familiar, Abide is the number one Christian meditation app. Abide users report that they have less stress, lower levels of anxiety and depression, and even sleep better. So if you find yourself like when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you do is look at your phone, or maybe you have a hard time falling asleep at night, or maybe you're just dealing with stress and anxiety, I highly recommend that you download the Abide app. It's going to take you through meditations that are based on scriptures, things that get you thinking about the word and the truths of the gospel. Their meditations are easy to use and easily fit into your busy schedule. They feature topics like overcoming anxiety, managing stress, addiction, and recovery, finding forgiveness, and all kinds more. For a limited time, our listeners will get 25% off a premium subscription when you visit abide.co forward slash dad. Get started now with 25% off a premium subscription by downloading the Abide app at abide.co forward slash dad. You'll get additional stories and meditations, premium music, soothing sounds, and more. Support this show and get 25% off by going to abide.co forward slash dad. That's A-B-I-D-E dot C-O slash dad to download the Abide app and get 25% off your premium subscription. Um, one of the things that I was uh, curious about, because you, you even mentioned this when you were talking about your dad there is kind of, it was kind of like your guys's job for lack of better words. Like you, you said that you guys are in ministry, right? And this is what you guys do for work. I was thinking about you and just like, you know, you're on stadiums and you're leading people in worship and you're putting words into the mouth of the bride of Christ to sing back to the groom. Like you, you've got a big responsibility in the role of, uh, or at, in your role in the kingdom. And I was just thinking like, what do you do in the seasons where, you know, for lack of better words, you just feel far from God or you feel like dry. It's like, I don't really, I don't feel like standing on a stage or writing songs about God right now. Like what, what do you do personally in those seasons of life? Well, first of all, that happens a lot. Um, mm. You know, I'm, I'm up and down and, and when I get depressed, I get depressed, you know? So, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I'd, I'd love to tell you that like, oh man, when I, what do I do in those seasons? Oh, I just, you know, I just keep persevering. But the reality is, is there's some days where my head's under a pillow and yeah. I'm just like, yeah. and I'm like, I'm just like, just shut the world out for a minute. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get myself together here, you know? So, um, it's funny you mentioned, it's funny that you phrased the question in that way though, about feeling far from your faith, because the record that I just released is really steeped in that, um, that, that stage of life. And mm. there's, there's a, there's a picture on the cover of the record of me as an adult, me now sitting on this blue couch. And 
the blue couch has significance, um, not just because it was a cool blue couch that I saw, but because when I was uh, 13 years old and I'm sitting on a blue couch in my childhood home in Chicago, watching a Billy Graham crusade and asking Jesus into my heart. That's my, that was a moment for me. That's what I call my brand new moment. You know, that was the moment where my mom sat with me and I prayed and I vividly remember a change in my life. I remember that that was the first time that I really like called on Jesus. And these days, man, I've, I've lived a lot of life since then. And, you know, I'm, I'm a professional Christian singer and playing shows and, in some days, if I'm honest, I feel like I'm a long way away from that 13 year old kid who didn't know as much as I know now. But I did know that, like, all of my heart, 100 percent of my heart belonged to Jesus in that moment. And yeah. uh, these days I get convicted thinking, gosh, is the most excited that I ever demonstrate my faith? Is it during the time when I'm on stage and then when I come off the mm. stage, I'm just like clocking out from ministry, you know, and feeling like where, where, where is my faith really? Like, where is it? Am I, am I looking the part and forgetting to actually like live the part? What's the strength of my quiet times and those kinds. Of, so honestly, like these songs that I write are kind of my way, like they're almost me talking to myself. Like there's yeah. a song on the, the new albums called brand new. And that song is me talking to myself saying like, do you, it says you feel like a million mistakes and a million miles away from the first time faith of a child. And it's me sort of like, uh, it's like I'm beating myself up because, gosh, I feel like I'm so far away from that faith. But then I'm being reminded that God knows I'm not the finished version of myself yet. And the enemy wants that knowledge to be something that separates me from a closeness with God. Meanwhile, God's wanting that knowledge that I'm still a work in progress to draw me closer to him and depend on him and to realize that, Hey, you're a new creation in this moment, but you're not yet the mm. finished, you're not yet the finished result. And so it's in that right. area where I live, where I wrestle, where I struggle and where I keep fighting. And at the end of the day, I think the one thing that always keeps me running into the arms of God is the fact that even when I'm thinking those things, like just the fact that I'm thinking about the struggle or thinking about, gosh, I wish I read my Bible more means that my heart is pointing in the direction That's of right. the God who loves me. And That's and right. I feel like there's mercy in that. And I, and I, that mercy is what keeps me going even when I don't feel like my faith is on fire. Yeah, dude, that's a good word, bro. And I, I hope that for guys listening right now, like that, you hear that and let that truth sink in that Matthew just shared. Cause that, dude, that's, that's a good word. Cause the truth is like, that's the Holy Spirit continuing to work in you, which if the Holy Spirit weren't in you, you wouldn't be feeling like our non-Christian friends aren't like convicted about those things. Right. So it's just right, evidence right. to the fact that the Holy Spirit is continuing to, to work in you and to make you continuing to save you and make you new and redeem you and redeem the bro broken parts of you. So that's a good yeah. word, man. And, um, and if I can write from those broken places and those, you know, that's where, when I'm at my most kind of vulnerable, like, when I'm writing those songs that I need to hear, those tend yeah. to be the songs that, that somebody else needs to hear too. But man, but it's funny, you know, if anybody ever comes to a concert or sees a Christian artist, you know, it's like, 
I mean, there's going to be those shows where it's like my wife and I are on the phone, like arguing 20 minutes before I get on stage because <laughs> I've been out of town for three days and the kids yeah. are, you know, talking back. And then you're like, and it's like, literally, if I'm going to go on stage and like act like I've got it all together, it's like, Lord, only yeah. you're going to help me speak to people tonight. So that's, that's real life right there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. Honestly, I think that'll be refreshing. I mean, that is refreshing for a lot of us to hear. Um, you've talked about a couple of times, like the, you, you saying that prayer, um, when you were 13, how do you approach that? How do you, I guess, how do you approach like just with your own kids, them surrendering their life to Jesus? Is it like this process of like over years, like they start to, you, you can just see the fruits of the spirit working in them. Was it an actual, like you're encouraging them to actually make a, a decision for Christ? Have you got to that point yet in your parenting? Yeah. So my oldest just turned 14 and my youngest, um, just turned 11, um, recently. And, you know, we're kind of in that process right now. It's funny though, like early, early on, I, I talked to him a lot about that, about just trying to, again, to sort of replicate the things that I was told as a child, just the importance of, Hey, you know, because here's the deal. Like it might look different. I'm not technically a preacher at a church, but guess what? My daughter's like ministry is kind of the family business too. And so mm -hmm. if, if I'm not careful, like they're going to see, oh, like, okay, well, that's what dad does. He sings about Jesus. So our family kind of just does that. But like, is it real? Like, are they seeing dad yeah. actually pursue a personal relationship with Christ? Are they, are they seeing mom do that? You know, some of my favorite memories are like, walking by my parents' bedroom and like hearing my mom praying for me, you know? And it's mm. like, I want, I want like my daughters to not like I'm going to stage that or anything, but I'm saying like, I want right. my daughters to like see a genuine um, uh, walk with Christ. And I don't always succeed in that because so many times I'm focused on the business of what I got to do because I got to run a business too. And it's tough. But, yeah. um, but it's funny early on, like I remember my oldest daughter, I think she was like four or five years old and I was chatting with her about, you know, it was Easter time and I was like, you know, so Jesus died on a cross for you. And I was, and I was just having, we had this coffee date and I was just talking to her about this stuff and she was soaking it all up. And I said, and do you know what, Lulu, like if you ever want to talk to Jesus and ask him into your heart, all you have to do is pray. And you could just come and tell mommy or daddy, and we would love to pray with you. And I was probably getting a little too, like, too overzealous <laughs> with a five-year-old. And she goes, she looks at me and she says, I'm, I, I want to do that. I'm ready. And so I was like, oh, okay. So we sat down on the uh, bed in our bedroom, and I led her in this little prayer. And I said, dear Jesus, and she repeated after me. And then at the end of the prayer, she said, amen. And I looked at her and I was like, oh, honey how do you feel right now? And she thought for a second, she's like, mm, I'm thirsty. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, oh, and I'm thinking, Oh, like thirsty for righteousness. And she's like, she's like, yeah, can I get a cup of milk? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, okay, well maybe it didn't quite, uh, she was ready to move on to snack time, but, but yeah. you know, I, I, I do like to think of it like, you know, my parents planted seeds and then it happened in a moment where I'm watching a Billy Graham crusade and, you know, for me as a dad, maybe it's going to be about planting some seeds and then it's going to be a youth pastor who's going to, you know, help bring it home mm -hmm. or it's going to be a mm -hmm. conference that she goes to. And 
And, uh, and so that's, we're in that process right now. Just, I'm just trying to like, to live the part for them to see. I'm trying to encourage them that I, you know, every now and then I'll just mention like, Hey, have you been, have you been reading your Bible lately? And, and my daughter will say, I, I read it every night before I go to bed. I'm like, man, that's incredible. That's great. You know, but not like, not trying to be heavy handed on that. Um, but yeah. also just little reminders when I feel like the Lord puts it on my heart to try to just make a mention and an encouragement to them. Yeah, dude, that's awesome, man. Uh, one thing that has been fun the last couple of weeks is uh, my kids have just, as they're getting ready for school, or I hear them get, you know, getting ready in the bathroom, they're just singing your song constantly, The God Who Stays. And so that's been uh-huh. on like repeat in our house and in the car as we're that's driving awesome. around. And just, just hearing them sing that has been super fun. But the heartbeat behind that song is... Um, I'm I'm just in love with it. That I mean, just the title alone, the God who stays. What I tell guys all the time is like, if you really knew that, like if you believed it, um, it would change the way that you parent. It would change the way that you love mm. your kids and your wife. And uh, that's really the good news, man. That the Bible should be one page long. God should have bailed, right? Like he he should have just said, like, what the what in the world? I set this right. up exactly as it was designed to be. And you're the one that turned your back on me. But God doesn't bail; He stays. Um, mm. And that's why the Bible is thousands of pages long, is because it's God's staying and His relentless pursuit of us. And so, I guess really, I just love to hear the heartbeat behind like what you were thinking and what you were feeling as you wrote that song, and just really reminding guys, like, dude, if you feel like you can't approach God or you can't be the spiritual leader of your home because you feel too far from God or he wouldn't want to be around you because you're too messy. Like, can you just remind them through your song and then also just through the good news of the God of the Bible, like that they're, they're believing in a different God than the God who stays. Well, that's, first of all, I mean, that's just a great word that you just shared. And, you know, when I think about like, you know, the reality of, just I, I spend a lot of time in my life beating myself up more time than I than than necessary, you know. And yeah. I, I always had this image of like you ever you ever bought a pay per view fight, you know, and you get these. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I was a kid, it was like the Tyson fight. Oh, so and so's rented the pay per view fight. We'd all go over and watch it. And I always had this image of like, could you imagine what would happen if like the two fighters step into the center of the ring, they ring the bell. And then all of a sudden, you know, Mike Tyson just started punching himself in the face. And the other <laughs> boxer just like, what would the, the other boxer doesn't even have to throw a punch. He just backs up mm. while the other guy's doing a number on himself. And a lot mm. of times I like I have that image of how I live my life. And I think a lot of people out there do that where it's just like, you know, the enemy's going, man, I got you. I got you knocked down, but you're the one keeping yourself down by just beating yourself wow. up and. And so I think that's where like the God who stays really comes from that for me, just that a friend once said to me, if you ever feel a distance between you and God, God is never the reason he's the, Mm. he's the one who closes distance. He's the one who Mm. builds or built the bridge. He's the one who crosses the Canyon, the, the great divide, the distance between us. Uh, He's the prodigal father who runs to the son in the Bible, I love, you know, you can read scriptures a thousand times and on a thousandth time, something new sticks out to you. And, and in that scripture, most recently reading the words while he was still a long way off. Mm. And I love that, that in that scripture where the prodigal son, he's making his way back home. I mean, head hung, filled with shame. He blew it and he's going to come and beg his father for forgiveness. 
while he was still a long way off, the father came running out to meet him. Now that's the picture of a God who stays. He stays mm. waiting, stays watching. He leaves the 99 to come and find every single one of us messed up people and say, guess what? I still love you. And and I love that. We, we like to think of, uh, you know, items in this world that have um, value are, are items that have staying power, right? In the music mm. industry, we talk about that a lot with artists of like, oh, OK, he's not a one hit wonder. He's got staying power, you know, and I mm. think about that like, OK, God has staying power. And when we tap into that knowledge that there's one who's not given up on us, then that turns around and gives us power and confidence to approach the rest of our relationships with that same determination to be the dad who stays to be the husband who stays to go. You know what? All right. Even if I came from a jacked up upbringing. Even if I came from a family where people didn't stick around, I can be the one who breaks those chains of dysfunction with God's help. And I can begin a new legacy that shows my kids what it looks like to be a dad who's faithful to mom, a dad who's not perfect, but who's who's constantly in the mix and committed and making himself available to his children. And we can mirror the relationship we have with God God's faithfulness to stay with us through thick and thin. And with his help, we can mirror that for our children. And that's going to help them understand what kind of heavenly father they have because their earthly father stuck around and their earthly father stayed. He wasn't perfect, but he stayed. There's only one father who is perfect. Our job is to mirror to the best of our abilities what it looks like to be a dad, a husband, um, and, 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 and a person who stays in the mix with those who he loves. Bro, could not have said that any better. Thank you, man. Thank you for sharing the good news of Jesus with us. Thank you for pointing us back to Jesus and the good news of the gospel to the God who stays. I'm grateful that you took the time to hang out with us today, man. Hey. Uh, you're a good dude. You're a good dad. I'm grateful to, to get to meet you, man. Thank you. Well, I enjoyed this, and uh, man, keep, keep up the great work. You're doing some awesome things, and this is something that you know dads need to know. Like, hey, we're, we we all need some help, and we all need some encouragement. So, this was good for me today, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks, man. Dance with